In this episode, we watched a little movie called Transcendence. Little movie? It was actually medium-sized. I mean, it was pretty long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Nailed it. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, Dan. Great opening. <laughs> I'm Stuart Wellington. Hey, guys. You're doing a bang-up job so far. I'm Elliot. And I think we're on a super... What? Road. <laughs> we're on a road. super road. <laughs> to nowhere. Like, Wait, Dan, did you say your full Called person, Route your full 66 name? by some. I said my full name. You didn't say your full name. No, I think you just said Stuart. No, I said Dan McCoy, you said Stuart Wallington, okay. and you said, I'm Elliot. Oh, Kalen, this is the I last name. Great, very clearly. Great job, Dan. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. All right. Great job, guys. <laughs> um, we're a little stupider than normal. Which, weirdly, we watched a movie about man increasing his intelligence through computers, and yeah, it made, and it us, made dumber. us dumber. It made us mm-hmm. way dumber. Yep. Like Dumb um, and Dumber 2. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's dumber than the original. I haven't seen, I haven't seen yeah. either of them. The now. dumbness quotient. Just yeah, joking. Yeah. I saw the first one. There's going to be a weird hill to stand on. So should we? <laughs> I don't know if you want to defend that statement that you had never seen Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> should we start over or no? Let's keep going. We'll just keep going. Look, uh, we can't look backwards. This we podcast only go forward. There's no brakes on this car. Is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. And in this case, the bad movie that we watched was titled. Transcendence. And let me tell you guys, I found it transcendently stupid. Oh, turn snap. around. Super High five. Take High that, five. critics. Slap, slap. 100 points. Super excellent. Awesome power. Um, you have unlocked the secret of great. It was, uh, it was uh, directed by Wally Feister. Fister. Fister. Fist, fist, that Twisted Fister. Mm-hmm. Just like... Wally sounds dirty <laughs> to certain people. It was it's someone who sticks their fist into the butt of the cute robot from the Pixar movie Wally. Right, <laughs> Wally Fister. And it's wait a minute. That ro- I thought he has like a front butt, right? Because he squirts out little uh, trash cubes. Yeah, yeah. You stick his your fist yeah. in his front, and it's spelled with a PF, so it looks like Pfizer, but it's Fister. I mean, if you only read the first three letters of the name, <laughs> it looks like Pfizer. But once you hit the S, that's not a Z. Then you're like, you're whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hold on a second. This is a different word. Hold on. I'll keep what am reading. I doing? If I'm watching a movie, let's I don't see know how this is happening. Let's see how this turns out. Oh, yeah. I like the idea that you read every word slowly, letter by letter. <laughs> yeah, and I always try to predict what's going to happen. Just pick up a sometimes book here. I'm confirmed. Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. C A So it's probably something about cars. No, an L. Then another L. Call. Interesting. A callow gentleman. Oh, nope. Space. The word is ended. Call is the first word. Okay. M. Call mother. I think that's what. No, an E. Okay. And another space. Call me. Great. This book is really revving it up. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to finish reading. What is this? M O. Modus operandi. Oh, nope, a B, something about the mob. Wait, a Y. Moby, the musician, I assume. A space, yes, that fits that theory. Mo, no, a D. Hold on. Moby died. Where's this going? There's a D-I. Oh, no, a C. Moby, space, D-I-C. I assume it's about 
Deke, the old animation studio that made kids' cartoons. Nope. A K. And okay, is it about someone named Dickerman? No, no, no. Okay, another space. Moby Dick, it's called. Well, on to the next word. B. Okay, could be anything. Y. Okay, bye. And after that is some more letters. I mean, the funny thing about that is, like, I don't think that's entirely inaccurate about the way that people, like, that reading works. It just happens at such a it fast. It happens so much faster than yeah. you did it with with Wally Pfister's yeah. name. I mean, I just. Okay, I it just, starts with a P. Okay. Wait, an that F. That's the next letter. <laughs> that was all I was saying. So Wally Pfister is best known as a cinematographer. Yeah, he worked for, for Christopher, Christopher Nolan. He worked on many other movies, too, but he's best known for his movies for, uh. Christopher Noland, director the, of the uh, Ratman films. Yeah, the yeah. appearance of uh, Mogron Freeman. He, he, he uh, made <laughs> Mogron <laughs> Freeman. And of course, and he Killian made that movie Interception. Killian. Yeah, Killian and, uh, <laughs> He made Inscription. <laughs> he made uh, the, the, the uh, Prestigious. <laughs> prestigious. I don't know if he worked on Momentum <laughs> or The Frolaming. Insomniac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and David Tell movie. Interstill nerds. <laughs> but uh, he's a big shot director in Hollywood. The Dark Knight Pfizers. <laughs> That's the one where Batman has an erection that lasts more than four hours, yeah. and he beats a villain to death with it. Uh, so, wow, wow. That version of Batman not only is way more pornographic, but also kills people. Yeah, he's different. Look, it's not the he's different. It's not the boner Gotham wants, but it's the boner Gotham deserves. So um, Wally Fister's a cinematographer, and uh, does he have good storytelling skills in this movie? Or is, uh, it, is it the script's problem? Well, that's I mean, that's a question. This is a blacklist script, Elliot. That's a question for the ages. Yeah, James Spader wrote Whose it. Whose fault was this movie? <laughs> was it Wally Pfister or was it the screenwriter? Because there's a there's – a, uh, it's not a good movie. No, <laughs> it's, it's a, not a good and movie. And it is anchored by one of – maybe the laziest Johnny Depp performance I've ever seen mm-hmm. where it's like he is channeling Marlon Brando at his worst. Like it's – Johnny Depp always wanted to be Marlon Brando. Here he is – Lazy, fat, apocalypse now Marlon Brando where he didn't show up having read the lines or even gotten into shape and he's just kind of mumbling in a dark room while a light plays on him. Uh, there he probably times, is wearing sweatpants most of this movie. Yeah. He's either wearing sweatpants or he's just standing looking into a camera. Or some kind of like the kind of pants that like a genie would wear. He spends a lot of the movie in bed. <laughs> but this but also he, but also he's got an accent in the movie that is totally unplaceable. <laughs> yeah, it might be British. It might be just mumbles. We don't know. But the thing is about this movie, uh, Johnny Depp is playing a quote-unquote normal character. And for Johnny Depp, normal character means guy who was uploaded into a computer and is a computer guy. <laughs> but that even being the case. Yeah, average Joe. Like, he seems average so uninterested in it. Like, Johnny Depp would rather be... Playing, you know, the fucking Mad Hatter with a Scottish accent Look, for some reason. Look, if he doesn't have a crazy or, voice and, like, a shitload of pancake yeah, makeup on his face. He doesn't give face, a shit about what he's doing. He, he doesn't even get out of bed unless there's a prosthetic nose attached. I almost didn't recognize it was Johnny Depp because he's not wearing, like, <laughs> a, th- mustache. Yeah, he's yeah. Not wearing, like a three-tiered hat in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like a bright yellow waistcoat. Yeah, you were like, there are no scarves to be seen on this man. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this is a science fiction movie. That explains the lack of scarves. Now what's now? Yeah, because scarves don't exist in the science fiction universe. Don't need them. This is a movie that's based in science, but it's fiction. Now what is science fiction? Yeah, is it? It is. I'm not familiar with the term. It's speculative. 
It is speculative. It's got a speculum in it. Okay. How science could be applied to the fictional worlds. So this movie begins <laughs> in like. That, I don't think that's. <laughs> this so, movie begins on like Cybertron or something. And the Transformers yeah. are fighting the. <laughs> They're fighting the megabots. The megabots. Yeah, the the megabots. <laughs> Which are just big bots. Yeah. <laughs> They're bigger, bigger than average bots. <laughs> and the average so, bots are another race. <laughs> more bots than meets the eye. <laughs> the more bots are the really morbid robots. In the, new, in the new movie, Transformers 5, lots of bots. <laughs> so many bots. <laughs> Too many bots. Bots of plenty, it's called. <laughs> bots of poppin'. Transformers 6, bots of poppin'. Olsen and bots. Hands on hot bots. <laughs> so let's talk about this movie match bots 20 <laughs> let's talk about this movie so uh it starts off in a world strangely like our own except computers are used as like doorstops and electricity seems to have fled the earth mm. we're in berkeley california that's right the berkeley california that's home silicon of valley uh not really <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong in multiple ways. But. Silicone Valley. No, I just met Berkeley is home is home of the silicone. It's a new kind of ice cream cone made out of gummy. <laughs> Very hard to hold. Yeah. Very sticky. So uh all the electricity has disappeared, and that means that cue Paul Bettany to walk in and give us a little voiceover narration that electricity is available in some cities, they think. But none here, and it's all because of the work of his old pal, Jonathan Depp. Let's flash back five years earlier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Johnson Depson is a computer scientist. He's kind of totally like, normal human. Yeah. Totally normal, mumbly Joe guy with a mustache and glasses and just walking with real, around. With a real plain Jane wife? Uh, yeah. Play, yeah, and who Partner? plays this who plays this wife? Rebecca Hall, who, as Elliot pointed out, is often uh, postulated in movies as as An dowdy? ordinary in lady. Like, yeah, she's Vicky like Christ- a sensible alternative. Like in Vicky Cristina Barcelona, she is the like friend yeah. who's not as sexy in the as? movie Ple- as Scar ScarJo. Yeah. ScarJo. And please give she is Amanda Peet's like dowdy sister. Yeah. She is a beautiful All woman. All of this ignores the fact that she is a ridiculously gorgeous human. It, she, it, this is like a she just needs to work on her posture, you know. She does Straighten have bad up. posture. But it is Put a, a book on her head. It or is something. a zookeeper level of in, in other movies, not in this one, but in other movies, a zookeeper level of pretending a beautiful woman is not noticeable. Like mm-hmm. how it takes Kevin James half the movie to realize Rosario Dawson is gorgeous. doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Maybe he's too busy. Cuban miracle, Rosario Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> the Cuban miracle is that they've been able to keep an economy sustained for 60 years with our embargo. Yeah. Wait, who? <laughs> uh, or 50 The, fl- years, the Flophouse has an embargo on Cuba. Yeah. Oh. They can't listen to us there. Yep. Until they give us more of their delicious Cuba sandwiches. Cuba represented Hats. by Rosario Dawson. <laughs> Is she Cuban? I don't know. That's what's confusing me. I don't know why. You called her the Cuban miracle. <laughs> Yo, no, said, it's it's your fault. I said human miracle. Uh, we, both, well, we both heard Cuban. <laughs> And I'm no, like, Cuban miracle is the Cuban sandwich. At first sandwich. I was like, <laughs> Which is one of the top sandwiches. She's not one related of. to Mark Cuban, one of the different, one of the sharks from the shark tank. <laughs> uh, Dan, the Cuban sandwich is the top sandwich. I don't, I mean, the Name, Reuben sandwich. The Reuben is a shit sandwich. <laughs> what? No My good. My friend, you are wrong. No good. Kill the podcast. We're not talking about movies anymore. We're talking about sandwiches. Now wrong Dan. As a human and as a Jewish man. As a you Cuban? Sh- as you should <laughs> <laughs> you should understand the charms 
of a, a nice smoked meat sandwich on rye. I love smoked meat sandwich Sauerkraut. on rye. Sauerkraut. Don't prefer the Reuben. You got some cheese melted on there. I don't some like, like what, Thousand like Island or something? What do you yeah. put on that shit? Yeah, you got Thousand Island dressing. Okay. Uh, so it's the <laughs> five- any sandwich, <laughs> my friend. Hey, if your sandwich is feeling a little down in the dumps, throw some Thousand Island on there. Yeah. Eat the secret ingredient. Every drop has a thousand islands in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the you, actually islands are running out across the, the globe. It is the most expensive <laughs> sauce there is. Because you know, there one, are one thousand islands. It's a dressing. Yeah, it's a dressing which is different sauce. than a sauce. It's not one of the original sauces <laughs> yeah. created by some French saucier. <laughs> uh, you're saying it's not a bechamel? <laughs> yes, it's not that. It's not a. What's that? Cheese? Cheese sauce? I don't know what that means. It's like milk and. And, Honey. and butter and, and I was right and the flour. So we we began. In, about? It's a cooking podcast. So five years earlier, Johnny Depp is a scientist. He's married to Rebecca Hall. He's interested in creating a sentient AI that will have a soul and answer all of life's questions. And she's interested in how to use technology to clean up the earth and make it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A disturbed Lucas Haas. Opposite the track situation. Yeah, the, she's the she's the she's the, the Paul Abdul to his MC scat to his doctor professor scat cat. <laughs> yep. Uh, a disturbed Lucas Hawes in the audience demands Which, to know. I mean, that's good casting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think this is one of the first chances that we see that uh, that Wally Fister is really pulling pulling on his Nolan cred. To get uh to get Lucas Haas in there, then he gets Morgan Freeman. What was Lucas Haas in? He was oh. in Inception. That's mother was? shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the guy in the beginning who gets taken away by uh, uh, Ken Watanabe's goons. Oh yeah, I think I remember. I haven't seen it in that movie since it came out. Okay, uh, but but we see a, a cast of actors. It's got Leonardo da Vinci Caprio in it, right? Yeah. That's Leonardo DiCaprio and Leonardo da Vinci in person. No, but in uh, in this movie, so it's got Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Killian Murphy. Killian <laughs> and Yeah, Morgana the Kissing Bandit Freeman. And uh, <laughs> Lucas Haas accuses him of wanting to create a god. And then later in a hallway, shoots him with a bullet. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, <laughs> I like the way you said instead of it, like, with a camera, is it was like a special bullet. Like it was, well, a, it does turn out to be a special. It bullet. was a bullet what coated with Johnny Depp killing poison. <laughs> it, sure. Well, it turns out that it was. Is it one of those cartoon bullets from movie Roger Rabbit? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it zooms by the camera and goes yeah <laughs> as it's going, <laughs> like R two D two. There's a little R two D two that he shoves in a gun. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah so boop, boop, boop. Wow. <laughs> yeah I know R two I'm gonna shoot you at that guy. <laughs> so uh they, at the same time terrorists blow up a bunch of computer labs. It turns out they're part of something called Rift, which is like repulse in fading for technology or something like that. Sure. Yeah, Rejections who, who inferior f- fucking technology. Yeah. Anyway, they're anti tech. They're anti AI zealots, and uh, it turns out the bullet they shot Johnny Depp with was coated in polonium. So he starts dying of radiation poisoning. <clears throat> he was working on a big supercomputer called PIN that can talk in a kind of a Sigourney Weaverish voice that I think was Sigourney Weaver. Polonium's named after Bill Pullman, right? No, uh, no and that doesn't make any sense. Two things Yeah, but so Rebecca Hall's like, how do I fix this? Oh, I know. I'll upload my husband into a computer. Yeah. Her husband? I can't save her his boyfriend? body. I don't know. So I'll save his brain. We yeah. missed some of the early parts of this movie where they explain relationships. No, they're married. 
They're not in some kind of weird polygamous relationship with Paul Bettany? No, Paul Bettany is just the hanger-on third-wheel friend. But what about Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman is an old man who should not be in this movie. (laughs) He has literally no character role in this that makes any sense or is necessary, except to stand around. Killian Murphy is a government representative. He works for the FBI or something. Okay. And uh, for some reason, the government really wants to see this artificial intelligence technology continue. And then they don't at the end later. Mm-hmm. But uh, Morgan Freeman is around mainly to just talk to people and witness things. It almost feels like he just showed up on set one day and was like, well, I'm in the movie. Uh, get me my costume. Write me a part. And they're like, uh, Morgan, say, you're just no, whatever Morgan you're wearing is fine. Uh, Morgan, Freeman, Morgan Freeman didn't take his medication. <laughs> <laughs> just play along with his psychosis. <laughs> he thinks he's in the movie. He's having some sort of Las Vegas. Let's get, I got him in here. <laughs> That's how he probably ended up in Las Vegas, too. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. in my bucket list to be in a movie about transcending. What character is this voice coming <laughs> it from? It doesn't sound like Morgan Freeman, that's for sure. <laughs> All my voices eventually become Sean Connery anyway. Uh, so uh, he they upload his brain to a computer. At first, he's uh, he, they don't think it worked, and then it does, and he's like, hey. And his he, there's this kind of primitive... He's like, hey. Sup. <laughs> hey, girl. You just, up? Just because I'm a yeah. computer doesn't mean I don't appreciate you for who you are. He's like, hey, bae. <laughs> hey, bae. Hey, boo. <laughs> we could be all like this. But you playing. <laughs> yep. yep. Playing video games on my computer. Stop it so I can talk to you. Sure. Stop grabbing my joystick. <laughs> he instantly is like, hey, Evelyn, Rebecca Hall's character. Plug me into the internet so I can talk to every computer that has money or power. And, and she's, she's like, like, oh, okay. You got well, that it. makes perfect sense. I'm just a girl. And Paul <laughs> Bettany's like, don't do that. That sounds evil. And she says, get out, and does it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these Because of love. The uh, Johnny Depp gives her $90 million billion mm-hmm. and, uh, in, in the computer world. And she goes on the run while these anti-technology terrorists yeah. kidnap Paul Bettany and beat him up a lot. And ask him to help them stop the computers. Meanwhile, Rebecca Hall and uh, Johnny Depp, computer face. Basically, like, buy a town out from the desert. Yeah, they buy a town just like Kim Basinger did that one time. And uh, they turn it into a technological experimental utopia where people who get injured or were born with with defects are fixed through nanobots. Because Mm -hmm. Johnny Depp being a computer has accelerated the development of technology by a million percent. And now there's nanobots flying around fixing people's eyes and shit and making people super strong yeah, like so they can lift up, up from pipes. The ground. Yeah, there's just tendrils of nanobots floating around. The government, they don't like it. Yeah. They're afraid. And so they like team up with the terrorists or are just kind of using the terrorists as a front That's to attack also the town. Unclear. It gets really <clears throat> boring. It gets too boring to pay attention to until eventually Paul Bettany's thrown in with the anti-technology guys. The government wants to throw wants to throw out Johnny Depp from the earth and <laughs> <laughs> just scoop him up and shoot him into the sun. Space. Well, it's as good put him a, in the Phantom it's Zone. As good a solution as they come up with. Isn't that what happens to the Nanobot guy and like Tom Strong? And Tom or something? Strong. He sends it to another planet. The Modular Man goes to another planet that he can take over for himself. Oh, the Modular mm-hmm. Man. He could be a desk. He could be an end table. <laughs> yeah. You know, he could put. Plants on him. He can fit whatever your lifestyle demands. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> Very useful. 
but what better than the mod jeweler man who just makes kind of like British swinging sixties yeah. themed jewelry? But and the mint, the mint jeweler man it. though, I I like that guy. <laughs> the mint jeweler man is less of a villain and more of a, more of a food service industry mainstay. Yep. Yeah, he just shows up with a nice tulip when you're. You he, wait, he just shows up. He doesn't have like a cart or anything. <laughs> no, he just appears. Yeah, he I just appears imagine, out of a say, fucking puff of smoke. He has a magic a, mint mirror. <laughs> you say he doesn't have a card or he doesn't have a cart? I said a cart. <laughs> no, he lives. No, in you s- fucking turn the lights off, look in the mirror, and say, "I want a mint julep, please." And he squirts <laughs> he out of the shows faucet. Up with his handlebar mustache and those and those garters around his arms that they wear. You know those straps. He lives inside of some woman's derby. Lives hat. in the, 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 the hearts of Louisvillean teenagers everywhere. <laughs> he lives in a pewter cup. And if you find it, he owes you two wishes. One of them has to be for mint juleps, though. <laughs> yeah, you're completely The other one has obligated. to be for a mint julep accessory of some kind. Yeah. Extra mint or something. Shaved ice. The trick <laughs> is more mint. wishes count as a mint julep accessory. <laughs> Um, but you can't you can't uh, wish to know the winner of the next Kentucky Derby. That's no, no. against his rules. No, unless the winner's name is Mitch Julep. Okay, but then you'll never know if he's saying the name of a horse or just the name of the delicious drink. <laughs> that would that be that would be a super in. patronizing name to name your horse. <laughs> <laughs> I name it Derby Winner. <laughs> <laughs> the name of my horse is Best Horse. <laughs> Runs the fastest. Um. Yeah. So I don't know what happens. So they go to the town or something. I'll, let me explain. Okay. The, t- the town turns into a forest of uh, solar give, cells. Let's give transcendence the minimal respect it doesn't deserve. So yeah, they, it's this. They just build solar cells all over the place to to power their computer place. And uh, it turns out Johnny Depp is not just healing people's bodies with his nanobots. He is getting into their brains, and he can mm-hmm. control them from afar. From Jafar, even the villain from Aladdin, and how much better would the movie have been if it was if Johnny Depp was playing Jafar from Aladdin, and you had like a nanobot Gilbert Gottfried Iago parrot flying around? I mean, it'd be pretty confusing, but I guess I would like. And it, it would be a musical. Let's not forget that. Confusical. <laughs> the most confusing musical ever made. Wait. Those I think I saw that in the review of Susan. Why are they married now? <laughs> Hold on a second. Is this happening in the song world or is it happening in the real world? Dreams within dreams in Confusical. <laughs> Characters they, that change names mid scene. Julie are they Tamor about a thing is that amazing happens, still. Or are they singing about their emotions or are they singing about the way they feel about their emotions? Hold on a second. Do not even buy a ticket? What am I doing here? <laughs> the last am I two, in bed? <laughs> the last two songs were just E. Zimbra style nonsense poetry. I don't know what's going on in this movie. <laughs> the letter said I had to come here to pick up my hot dog. <laughs> Of course, I couldn't let a clue like that go to waste. Time for another adventure. Confusical by Julie Tamar and Salvador Dali. Um, and Salvador Dali, that, the second hour of the movie is just Salvador Dali going, you're confused, right? <laughs> you're so confused. <laughs> this is confusing. Be honest. Have you ever seen such a confusing musical? <laughs> and, uh, don't lie. I know you're going to say. I know he's Italian. <laughs> it's oh, Salvador Dalino. That's part of what's so confusing about <laughs> yeah. it. Now, you know I'm a Spanish, but I talk with an Italian accent. <laughs> it's a me, a Salvador Dali. I'm so confusing. <laughs> it's a me, Salvador. It's in Super Dalio Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Where his brother Salvador Dalio and his brother Luigi Dalio 
mm-hmm. have to save the princess who actually is a lobster telephone. I mean, I don't know that you can actually like surreal up <laughs> Super Mario Brothers <laughs> further from where it is at. Sure, just where make everybody a ants wearing of, cakes on their head or something. <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> mushrooms and turtles kidnap a princess <laughs> for reasons unknown. <laughs> Why wouldn't you and kidnap a And a plumber a has to <laughs> fix it all. <laughs> Through his jumping and pipe And if going he hits a box skills. with his head, there's a money comes out of it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes he turns into a weird furry character who can fly. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't until the third part, but sure. Are you saying it's non-canon at this point? <laughs> there's only one non-canon game, and that's Super Mario Brothers yeah. 2. Whereas it's also known... Doki Doki Panic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that is... I was going to say a joke name, but that's the real no, name. No, that's the actual one. Um, so that's so, our so here's Super Mario the, cast. So Rebecca Hall... <laughs> There's probably like five of those out there. So Rebecca Hall becomes afraid of Johnny Depp because he's become too powerful and too inhuman. And he started growing his own body parts. Which is weird because he's not the most human dude on the planet. To begin with, yeah. Uh, the and she he, clearly, Her type is clearly weird computer guys. Around the time that he uses his powers to control another man's brain so that he can come on to her and she's creeped out by that Mm -hmm. she starts thinking twice so she leaves and he didn't even pick like a hunky dude or a dude that she was interested in no he wasn't a terrible looking guy i'm not saying he's gross but you described him as a uh like tommy Wiseau before he turns into a vampire (laughs) if tommy if we could see what tommy Wiseau looked like before uh on fucking angel or something (laughs) the fellow before count yorga had his way with tommy Wiseau, he looked like this guy not so bad so anyway, uh, that she shows up with Paul Bettany and the anti-technology people. They've come up with some kind of virus. She has some. They ah, whatever. They somehow get a sense. sample There's of the nanobots. Or... They build a virus that, when uploaded into Johnny Depp, will destroy all technology and thus stop him. And. She says, put it in me. I'll go in there. He'll try to upload my consciousness, and it'll kill me, but it'll She's get like, into She's like, put him. it in me. I haven't been with a man in mm-hmm. months, I'm assuming. In years, yeah. yeah. I'm married to a fucking computer screen. And you thought your family was weird. <laughs> so I guess in the scenario, the virus like is a good thing that she turns her on? Yeah. Gets put in yeah, her. why not? Okay, all right. Well, she's got this weird kind of David, Cronen- David Cronenbergian fetish for the dissolution of the body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it turns... It's a real her- existence situation. Whereas most of us are turned on by like a healthy human figure. Mm-hmm. She's turned on by decay or maybe mm-hmm. even deformity. Yeah. Sure. Because it kind of reminds her about the thin line between life and death and that excites her and the difference between humanity and uh cold unthinking synthetics exactly it makes her realize what's special about us and therefore what is to be desired uh, uh we're uh, working on some slash pick by the way <laughs> some between, between that character and optimus prime we were working on a movie that uh, that uh hopefully we could imagine uh hr geiger and the director of tetsuo the iron man <laughs> could collaborate on uh, so the, so she gets this virus put in her, but it's yeah. like the military is like, Hey, you know what? Let's hedge our bets and just shoot a bunch of mortars at them also. Yeah. And try to blow up his solar panel farm. Yeah. So she gets this, real shot up. Johnny Depp. At this point, a, he's totally created a body for himself. He's made including a, a handsome waistcoat. A very <laughs> lovely tailored outfit. As you yeah. mentioned, he looks like he walked right out of there will be blood, you know? Uh, <laughs> and there might be blood or there's going to be blood. There's, I, like there's a 50% chance of blood. <laughs> Cloudy with, with a chance, chance of blood. With a chance of blood balls. <laughs> Uh, 
So he meets her in his new Johnny Depp body. She gets all blown to pieces. He takes her to his lair, his computer lair, to fix her. And but he knew the but, whole time that she had this virus inside. Yeah. Her. His nanobots picked up on the on the plan, and so he makes the conscious choice to upload herself into him to get the virus. I, and in an instant, he he accomplishes her dream of cleaning up all the world's <laughs> oceans and lakes and trees. And then they all electricity and technology is destroyed. How great would it have been if, like, a tiny little nanobot would have jumped up on his shoulder and went like, and he would have been like, wait a minute, they're trying to kill me with a virus? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, another nanobot jumps up on his other shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can never get along. (laughs) You're just a couple of of rascals and jokers. Uh, And so we see at the end Paul Bettany goes back to their old house to the garden that we didn't talk about with the sunflowers that we didn't bother to mention and finds that there is a a wire framework around, which was some kind of Faraday cage or something to block out electromagnetic pulses. He notices there's some sunflowers growing there and water's dripping from them, and there are nanobots in the water. Ah! He set up a place where his computer self could survive, forever entwined with the computer personality of his beloved Rebecca Hall. So I guess it's kind of a happy ending. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know how to feel about anything that happens in this movie. Is one of the, is one well, maybe of the problems. That's, well, maybe that's the signal that it's good art. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that the movie is it made try- you think. I think the movie is trying to do that, where you're not supposed to believe. Like, you're like supposed to wonder what Johnny Depp's motivations are through the whole movie, and whether he really is Johnny Depp. I mean, and they did that so well that you're bad. wondering what he's saying half the movie because he doesn't talk clearly. Yeah, but it, that does. It's not a compelling, you know, confusion. It's just. It's just confusion, and then at the end, you're like, okay, well, a bunch of stuff happened, and I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it, so great. Thanks, Transcendence. A lot like life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's but it's but the main problem for me is not that it's confusing or I don't care about the characters, but that it was just the cardinal sin of being <clears throat> very dull a lot of the time. Well, but part of that is not caring about the characters. Part of that is they introduce, like, there's like eight characters major characters in this movie and none of them do you have any sense of like who they really are yeah um to well, the point that we were literally like okay so like killian murphy and morgan freeman are just standing around they're good actors they don't even take their fucking sunglasses anything. off the best part for them is, yeah but they're standing on a roof of a building in using, like a cloudy day and, and they will over, insist on wearing their sunglasses while looking through their fucking even binoculars when they're looking through by binoculars binox yep there there's they still have their sunglasses on they're binox. like wow it's really nighttime over there it looks really dark where we're looking <laughs> like well one of the one of the problems with the movie is that like a lot of times high-minded science stuff doesn't translate very well to movies. Uh, like the movie opens with Johnny Depp's character giving, I don't know, like a Ted talk or something. And it just sounds so like cliched. Yeah. And like a Ted talk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they you said it too. I'm just saying they got to dumb those things You made some powerful, boring enemies. <laughs> um. Yeah. Did you guys ever read? There's a New Yorker article a while back about this guy planning to do a TED oh, talk. Oh yeah, where he was like, "I got like I gotta have the wow factor." So his wow factor is he just brought a cow on stage. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the same wow factor that you would get at like a 4-H competition. And, well, like the a difference stage is you, you like, expect to see a, like, a cow at a 4-H competition. Oh my god, a cow on a stage! I've never seen such a thing. <laughs> You're brilliant. Let me give you millions of dollars. <laughs> Cows are usually in fields. <laughs> A cow on stage, it must be a great opera singer. 
<laughs> strike up the band. Yeah, sure, dude. <laughs> Actually, the cow doesn't have a very good voice right cow. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be amazing. I should have picked if it. It was a TED Talk about an opera singing cow. <laughs> I mean, but that's not much of a TED Talk. That's like the King Kong show, where it's like we're, we're going to a Broadway theater and then we just look at a gorilla strapped to a metal frame for like an hour. I think we're going to sing. You're just straining against his restraints. <laughs> If if Carl Dinamich taught King Kong to sing opera, now that's a show. Now that's a show. A show fit for a me, Salvador Dali, inconfusical. Um, yeah. All right. Well, hey, Kate Mars in this guy's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a true. character that doesn't really do anything and doesn't really have a point well, to she's, be there. She's running that anti-technology. Yeah, but that's group. Yeah. that group doesn't really do anything other she's than kind of injure him in the first place. She's yeah. like my sister Rooney Mara uh, was the girl with the dragon tattoo. Maybe this is the way that I will again overcome as the top Mara. Yeah, Andy Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. Top Mara. Why does it have to be a dragon tattoo? <laughs> what if it was a dragon with a girl tattoo? I've got a tattoo of a girl on my arm that I got during the war. <laughs> it's not a girl that I know. Just kind of an idealized hula girl. I've never seen anyone actually hula, but on my tattoo it looks pretty good. That's Andy Rooney Mara. Yeah. Sailor Jerry. <laughs> um, so you liked the movie? No. Let's move to Final Judgments where we talk about whether it's a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we actually kind of like. Do you like it when all the nanobots were flying around and making people I like strong? none of this movie. I yeah. wish that that had been... I didn't like the cubes flying around in Transformers, but I liked that more than the kind of wispy nanobots here. Now, you had a good point when we were watching the movie that Thank it might have been more interesting uh, if the movie just started with like people living in this weird in this little town and yeah. all of a sudden I think if someone if we had been dropped into this situation where in the there's middle. a town in the middle of nowhere <laughs> where this weird kind of super high tech lab that nobody knows much about is being set up. And it seems maybe employing some local people. Yeah. And it comes out that it was run. It's being run by this famous computer scientist who hasn't been seen in a long time. But like, I guess he's been working on this project or something. And then we eventually find out that he has since died and uploaded his personality to into a computer. Mm-hmm. And the computer is now running into in a direction that his work logically goes into, but which is divested of emotion and maybe like, maybe one of our main characters gets like recruited by this anti-technology uh, terrorist group or something yeah or they're working yeah they're working there and they get recruited and at first it seems crazy but then maybe not like if this movie had more of an element of like surprise to it or more of it like i recently finally got to see edge of tomorrow which was a really fun enjoyable movie but like if that movie didn't have any sort of like mystery at the beginning it would have lost a lot if it was just like you knew right from the top everything that was going on you know and it's not like it was a mystery that was impenetrable you know it's just enough to get to intrigue you like this needed that you know seeing they i think they thought the mystery of how did the world lose its machines would keep you going but it's not the trailer tells you exactly what's going to happen Johnny and, Depp's going to become fucking Max Headrom and fuck everybody over <laughs> Headrom uh, Head, Max Headromney head the top rom <laughs> so it's like I wish that it that the that the main character was not the scientist that the main character was someone encountering these people and that it started you within this weird situation rather than 
telling you everything that led up to it. Yeah. It's like similar to my problem with the imitation game where you are you're told too much imitation. Not, not enough, enough game. game. This this uh where it's like we're investigating this guy who had a break in at his house but he hasn't report he doesn't want to report it. Let's find out who this weird guy is. Flashback his entire life up to the point where the police get interested. So by the time you yeah. see the police interrogating him, I'm, you're like, what the fuck do I give a shit when the police find out? Like, mm-hmm. I already know everything. I Why know is this guy story. hassling him? He just fucked a pig on TV. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> I think you're confusing uh, two different characters for two different things. I didn't realize until you said that that was the same guy. <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, the policeman is the prime minister who has sex it's with that pig. PM Pigfucker. <laughs> From Black by the way, My Roar. By the way, this movie was like, just a really long, not good... Like, this would be the worst episode of Black Mirror. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And this... Uh, but it's also one of those movies that is science fiction that is deeply anti-science at its heart. Yeah. That's like, this is all about the power of computers. What could possibly happen? They're evil. Don't do it. You know? Well, yeah. that's... And that's what people have said about Black Mirror. What's great about it is not that the technology's like, totally out of control. It's that it's working fine, and it's just how it impacts humans. Yeah. Uh, so that's three bad bads is, uh, is how I, I I'm going to invent a new, a new rating bland bad. Uh, yeah, this is, if this had been called lawnmower boring. man two, lawnmower man, all the lawns in the universe, <laughs> I might've thought it was, it was okay. Well, there was a lawnmower man too, but it was, what was it called? Cyber buddies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fla- flowers for a cyber nod. Lawnmower man two robot in the family. Lo- <laughs> Oh man, Robot in the Family. There's a stupid movie. <laughs> Lawnmower Man 2 mowing it. <laughs> uh, before the Lawnmower you- Man just needs to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> he goes down to Cyber Tijuana to lose it to Shelley Long. And I'm Teresa. And we host a comedy podcast about parenting where we remind you that despite what the internet says, no one really cares what kind of parent you are. One bad mother. We're the friends with kids you want to hang out with. Check us out on iTunes and MaximumFun.org. Before we move on, we do have a... (laughs) Computer (laughs) show along. We do have a sponsor tonight. I'd like to uh, just say that the Flophouse is brought to you in part... By Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform that makes building your own website simple and easy. If you want to build a website, and you do, because who doesn't want a website? Look, as make trans- it simple and easy. As Transcendence shows us, computers are the future. We're all going to be living in cyberspace eventually, bopping around with bits and bytes, downloading things into our yep. wet brains. <laughs> you know, living in a Dyson sphere or some shit, economy 2.0. Anyway, the point is... Squarespace will help you take that next step into the 21st, 22nd, and so forth centuries. Yeah, that's right. Sp- In a way, even us meat puppet organics can understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Squarespace, has, bags. <laughs> Squarespace has beautiful templates. Well, the call from MaxFun that's like, can you not use the word flesh bags in your, in your spots anymore? But anyway, it has beautiful templates. Yeah, it has integration with Google Apps and Getty Images, uh, so you can get your... Stock images, if you like. You, it's need a, got, you need a picture of a Stelgetti. Squarespace is there. <laughs> responsive design uh, that uh, maps to whatever you're looking at this on, like a phone, an iPad, or your good old-fashioned laptop. That is not to be underestimated. That is a very important thing. For a free trial and 10% off your first order, go to squarespace.com and enter the code FLOP. Squarespace, start here, go 
anywhere. And um, while we're at it, I would ask that listeners mark your calendars for the 2015 Max Fun Drive. Max Fun Drive? Yeah, the last. You mean Maxim Fun Overdrive? <laughs> the last two weeks of March are the best time of the year to support your favorite podcast because beginning, which is this one, on March mm-hmm. 16th, we'll be pulling out all the stops, producing some of the best shows of the year on Maximum Fun. Uh, with great guests, great topics, offering exclusive thank you Wait, gifts. we're going to have a great guest? Uh, I was trying to keep that secret. But we have, okay, well, we, have a, not, we, we have a great guest. We don't have to say guest. the name of the guest just yet, but we have a great guest coming up. Uh, offering exclusive thank you gifts to entice you to become a new, or if you're already a member, an upgrading member of MaximumFun.org. Now, how does this, this is a pledge drive? This is a pledge drive. Now, you might... Uh, know the pledge drives from your NPR listenings. Or your PBS watchings. Uh, but this is a, a better than those because, I don't know, Max Fun's cooler? Yeah, Max Fun's hipper and cooler. It's got mm-hmm. better stuff. It's Maximum Fun for Maximum You. And there's a lot of great podcasts to support <laughs> over on Maximum Fun. Sure. Us. Yeah, us <laughs> there are and lots, others. <laughs> lots of no, you got, uh, you got Judge John Hodgman, George Jesse Go. Uh, you got Bullseye, my brother, my right? brother and me. Bullseye, yeah. Uh, Adventure Zone. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Wham Bam Pow. Lady you got Sawbones. Um, a lot of stuff. Pop Rocket. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things. Go yep. over to MaximumFun.org. Bunker Buddies. And uh, take a look. <laughs> but the Max Fun Drive starts on March 16th and runs for two weeks. It's the most exciting time of the year here at Maximum Fun. You said that in a very Nicolas Cage so way. don't miss it. <laughs> it's the most exciting time it's of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That got creepier. It and did, yeah. that spiked the football. So, Max Fun Pledge Drive, March 16th to the end of March. Listen, donate, pledge, pledge, and pluge. <laughs> Won't you? For Maximum Fun. For me... And you. Gross. Um, so, moving on. What's the next part of the show? The next part is where we read letters from listeners who've written from in. listeners. Wait, hold on. <laughs> so keep, keep going. I love it. I love the letters sound, Letters from Landon. listeners. Letter, 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 letters from listeners. Letters from listeners. You got your letters here. You got your letters there. Hand them in, hand them in, we'll read them. Where at the Flophouse Mailbag? It's the Flophouse Mailbag. Put your Flophouse letters in the Flophouse Mailbox. Flophouse Postal Service takes it straight to us through the in the Flophouse Mailbag. It's a bag of mail for the Flophouse. With Dan and Stu and me and you. Flophouse Mailbag. So Don't this, get sad, oh it's God. the Flophouse Damn Mailbag. It. For me and you, for he and who, for she and thou, for yeah, Stuart. <laughs> you know what? For God's sake. You know what? Forget it. Song is over. Bring out that opera Song singing dumb. cow. Maybe, maybe they're used to performing in a barnyard, but I am not. Um, I got him to stop singing, Dan. <laughs> by any means necessary. So the first letter. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. The first letter is from Cat, last name withheld. And I, I would say that this letter is content light, but very charming. <laughs> wow. Saying this that is the meanest compliment. Critique. No, it's. No, you'll see. It's a delight. Cat deli- Dennings, I apologize. It for, is a, it for is a delight. 
from Kat. She writes, Hi, Flophouse friends. I'm very drunk. I think you're great. One, Dan's the best, and I've torn my ACL before, so I empathize with him. Two, Elliot is so clever and funny. Three, Stuart is good, too. I'm a lesbian, but I still think he's hot. I train horses for a living, so I have a lot of free time to listen to podcasts. I don't know why that, I don't understand how that tracks. I would assume training horses takes a lot of time. I have a, free, a lot of free time to listen to podcasts while I'm at the barn, so I'm pretty much a podcast connoisseur. A pot of cereal, if you will, but yours is the best, like better than cereal, even. Sorry, NPR. Thanks for making me laugh at work in between screaming at idiot horses. <laughs> you, you guys are real human beings and real heroes. I love you. Cat last name with Thanks, Cat. That was very sweet. Dan, I like that you read that in a way that a drunk person would. Yeah, well, it's not a stretch. And uh, I, I agree we're better than cereal, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I agree. Those horses are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Number the first. If horses weren't so stupid, where are their hands? Why didn't they think of hands? If wishes were horses, everyone <laughs> we'd be everyone riding them ride to heaven. Yep. No, number the two. Why horses are dumb? Have you ever heard a horse talk? Once. Well, yeah. Well, twice if you call it count hot to trot. Okay, three times <laughs> raising stripes. Okay, four times. Francis so, talked about the first and, one was Mr. Ed. Of course. Okay. And the most of recent course, was our, our, our recent Flophouse collaborator, Seabiscuit. That's <laughs> <laughs> me, Seabiscuit. <laughs> most <laughs> popular horse in the world. Hey, Seabiscuit, thanks for showing up, buddy. <laughs> Gotta go. Wait, were, you, were you racing off to, Seabiscuit? <laughs> I always got to go somewhere. <laughs> got a lot of appearances because I'm the most popular horse. Seabiscuit out. Oh, wow, he's got a new catchphrase, I guess. Yeah. Well, we'll have to ask him about that next time. So anyway. Next time we candy man him into existence. <laughs> this next letter, I I got to say, this next letter may be my favorite letter we've ever gotten. I don't wow. want to oversell it. But well, you just did. Searching it up. If it, uh, you're better than Mads Mikkelsen likes you guys, because that was pretty great. This is from Matt, last name withheld. Is there a picture of... Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> peeing on somebody. Uh, it's titled, Thanks a Lot, My Students Think I Am a Weirdo. And it goes like this. I am a teacher at a private girls' school in Australia. Uh-oh. You may have wrong, written into the wrong forum. Recently, we had to take the students on a camping trip. All was going well. <laughs> Dear Flophouse, I never thought your letters were real. But then something happened to me I had to tell you about. I'm just a normal guy with a three-foot penis. <laughs> I am a professor at a school for girls who are 18 or older but look like they're 16. All right. Creepy, right? That's what I thought <laughs> until I had sex with all the girls. All was going well and until they had to sit down. I'm just a professor at Fuck Academy. <laughs> Good old F you. Um, all was going well. That's not, that's so it's a university. <laughs> no, it's spelled Academy. UH Academy. <laughs> all was going well until they had to sit down to eat the dinner they had cooked, and the camp leader said, quote, Can all the girls please hop on the tarp now? When they didn't immediately respond over the bullhorn, Girls, get on, this, get on the tarp straight away. I need all girls on the tarp. Thanks to my favorite podcast, all I could think about was Misty Monday and other tarp stars, and I could not... Tarp stars? <laughs> I, I could not stifle my laughter. 
Yeah, I was a star in the Tarpies. <laughs> I was asked why I was laughing by staff, students, and camp leaders, and I could not give an answer. But also, Good. you might have gotten in trouble. But also, could not stop laughing. So, thanks to your pervasoidness, I am now seen as a weirdo. Thanks for the laughter. It helped me get through some tough times. And quick question: What do you think of the '80s film, The Last Dragon? Great, isn't it? Matt last name withheld. I don't remember it that well, but I remember being charmed by it. I don't think I've ever seen it when I was a kid. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, It's the sequel to Pete's Dragon, right? No, (laughs) (laughs) sort of a where where humans are hunting down uh, Elliot the dragon. It's sort of a comedic. You've mixed Pete's Dragon and Dragonheart. (laughs) It's like a faux black exploitation kung fu movie, but it's it's, yeah. But there's a cartoon dragon in it. No, there's no cartoon dragon. Where's the dragon come into it? Damn it, there is no dragon, guys. Is it like an Eastern mythology sort of thing? Yeah, like a wisdom dragon? Mm-hmm. Point is sex tarps. That's that's the point. That's hilarious. I, I like how many times people tell me they listen to the show and it has made them look crazy or stupid in a public <laughs> setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much what we set out to do. Yeah. We're just, <laughs> this is an elaborate punking of all of our listeners. Yeah, punking Brewster. Mm-hmm. Uh, punking Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why didn't they ever do Punky Brewster's Millions, where I guess Punky Brewster died and left her money to somebody, but they have to spend it all? <laughs> she died under anesthesia yeah. when getting her go, boobs she smallered. Died, oh, she died. <laughs> too far, Stuart. She died because she was locked in an old-fashioned refrigerator. <laughs> oh, but the public service announcement told her not to do that. Um, so I'm glad nobody made fun of me for using the term smallered. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Randolph, last name withheld. And he says, Carter, I Floppers, I recently discovered your podcast after Glenn Weldon recommended it on NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. Thanks, Ooh. Glenn. It quickly became my favorite. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's totally un- disrespectful <laughs> and unnecessary. You're such a friend to us. It quickly became my favorite podcast and all that I listened to over the holidays. I had to stop <laughs> listening to your podcast while drinking beverages because I kept doing spit takes with eggnogs or mulled cider all over my wife. <laughs> Only the stickiest of beverages go into my mouth and then immediately out of it. If there was some way I could liquefy a candy apple, I'd drink that. Because I am a recent immigrant to Flop House Land, I ended up binge listening to almost your entire back catalog this past month. That's a lot of episodes in a short period of time. I think that, I, that's wait, a lot of horses to train. <laughs> I can say with absolute certainty. On the flop horse. I enjoyed every minute of your podcast with one notable exception. Uh-oh. Elliot's horrific singing introductions to the flop house <laughs> mailbag segment. Hey, DWI, deal with it. You may have seen that bumper sticker, which reads, if you can walk, you can dance. If you can talk, you can sing. <laughs> Elliot has proven the second half of that edge to be a bald-faced lie. I'm sure Guantanamo guards could repurpose Elliot's singing. Editor's note. Dan, please make air quotes with your fingers when you say that word. That's part of their enhanced interrogation techniques. I found Elliot's singing so grating that after one episode, I decided to put out my eyes like Oedipus Rex. Oh, no. Or Sam Neill in Event Horizon. <laughs> then I remembered one's eyes have nothing to do with one's sense of hearing. I was just going to say, yeah. And I continued to suffer through the mailbag introductions. As so I'd like to continue... He did, gave himself a little bit of the punishment they were going to give... Uh, in Princess Bride, where they cut off his eyes, then his yeah. nose, then his hands, but they mm-hmm. leave the ears. To the pain. Yeah. As I would like to continue listening to this podcast and not lose any more body parts, I'm sending Elliot a Groupon for $25 off a one-hour voice lesson at a vocal school in New York City so Elliot can, and I'm quoting from the Groupon description here, unfold your true potential in an extremely supportive environment. I fully expect that after this one lesson, <laughs> Elliot's reedy, atonal stream of consciousness quasi-songs <laughs> 
will transform into a beautifully crooned, thoughtfully crafted composition sung tenderly and in correct pitch with full diaphragm support and proper breathing techniques. Elliot, I love you, man. You're a funny dude. But time to hit the woodshed and work on those singing chops. Practice. For the love of God, please practice. Yours in music, Randolph, last name withheld. And here's your Groupon. Wow, thank you, Randolph. I appreciate that. Groupon. And to think when I saw... To paraphrase, you're great, but you suck. Yeah, Mm. when I saw this thing, when I saw the paper for one hour vocal lesson, behind the emails Dan was reading, I thought he had just accidentally printed (laughs) out a Groupon he had bought for himself. Yeah, Uh, to improve his karaoke. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think I will take advantage of this. I know that I can't sing, and that's why I do sing. Show people that nothing is impossible. Oh, Chase Your Dreams? Yeah. To dream the impossible song, to sing the thing that I am singing, to Dan and to Stuart and that cat over there, this thing is the flop house of stuff. To singing. I mean, I would say. To singing. I would also say, in Ellie's defense, I don't think he's trying that hard when he's singing the. I would say song. not trying at all. <laughs> I mean, from a song, from a singing point of view, there's zero trying. I've heard Elliot sing better. I'm saying. I it, it's also I we record this at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of singing at during, at the office. Yeah, during yeah. The day. a lot of singing about the foods that we're eating and lunch <laughs> in the lunch line <laughs> and what meeting is starting. <laughs> you guys getting a lunch line? Yeah, well, we, we got a little catered. Do you have like a lunch thing. lady that? Puts the slop no, on no. your tray. No, it's barf from you can't do that on television. <laughs> oh, Self-serve, but Elliot's like, <laughs> That's where he went. There's a lot of like. Does he serve Canadian food or? No, no, it's regular food. There's a lot of like, Elliot's like, cauliflower, do <laughs> yeah. I want it? Yeah, why not? I'll have some cauliflower. I assume everyone would be, everyone's lives would be improved by my stream of consciousness out loud decision making through song about what I'm going to eat that day. Mm-hmm. That, or if it's the 315 meeting, there's a lot of. Hey, everybody, what meeting is happening right now at 3.15? It's the 3.15 meeting that's happening right now. That kind of stuff. This is a peek yeah. behind the curtain, huh? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of singing that goes on at The Daily Show. <sighs> and and dogs. Yeah, the dogs sing, too. But uh, for this last letter, let's, uh, it's sort of a, let's say it's a repost the last, the, the previous. Like uh, a, like a Perry? Um, like a Perry, like a Steve Perry. <laughs> yeah. It goes like this. Oh, Sherry. Hey there. <laughs> hey there, Houseback of Flopstradame. I was listening to the latest episode of the Flophouse whilst trying to attach a hat and a, stri- a skateboard to a stray cat and a pair of nerdy glasses to another when I started wondering why there was no attempt at remixing a male song. So as I have no work, I <laughs> wow. took it upon myself to lazily slap one together. You can find the result of Two hours of my time here, and there's a link to the song. Two hours, not well spent, sir, though I appreciate it. Uh, not because it's what you did is bad. I haven't heard it yet, but because... Uh, I mean, it's, just, it's inherently a waste of time. To do anything involving my singing is a waste of time. Uh, but he says, I did see you had a competition for songs in the autumn, but unfortunately at the time I was not a member of the Flophouse audience a.k.a. Flophouse Collective, Big Up Me Flophouse Brethren, 2K15, still kicking it. Where are my boys at? Wagwan Flophouse. (laughs) Name pending approval. Uh, So I missed out on this contest. Still, I hope you can find it in your hearts to give it a listen and maybe even play it on the show as it's not very long because, again, I'm very lazy. Keep up the good work, everyone. And Stuart, the beer you drink is garbage. Thanks for the yep. left. Baz, last name withheld. Well, starting a fight right, right at the end. So, Baz. It's like you're leaving a party and you're like, great time. 
Thanks for inviting me. I love it. Baz is the name of a fellow in a tracksuit. Punch somebody and then walks out. Baz? Baz is the director of like a Great Gatsby Spectacular. I think for our. He still wears a (laughs) tracksuit. I think for our outro. An image of Baz Lorman directing (laughs) Australia while wearing like a tracksuit and gold chains. Mm hmm. Or an outro for the show, I think I'm gonna have to put on uh, this song so we can all. Spoiler enjoy it. alert! I think you I owe mean, it to America. I don't know if that's a spoiler so much. As I mean, I guess we'll hear it in a minute. Thanks yeah. for putting the work into it, and thanks for listening, and thanks to everybody who wrote in and everybody listening. We appreciate it. Yeah, despite all the critiques of Elliot. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I like can take was, I can take criticism. Yeah. It's pretty even though. Sure. It's like one for one against. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the st- it's the, we still need the tiebreaker. Yeah, the president pro tem. So of somebody Flophouse. write in whether or not you love or totally hate Elliot. And also, if you'd like to use the lo- the key <laughs> on the lock, just write in. Radio Zork continues. Uh, but now, what's the next part for the final and least popular segment of the Flophouse? Okay, so it's just- time for. Chest hair report. <laughs> Everybody, we've shaved our chest hair as we do every episode into yeah. a different shape. Uh-huh. Let's reveal it now, and we'll see if we can figure out exactly what it is. Okay. All right. Z- zip, unbutton. Unbutton, 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 and zip and unbutton the other layer and zip the last as layer. As you can see, this is a carefully manicured dollar sign. Very well done. Yeah, very nice. Mine is sort of boring. It is just... A rhombus. <laughs> a rhombus of chest <laughs> yes. hair. The lines are very straight. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, as you guys can see, I've uh, I've uh, completely d- reproduced a Surratt's Sunday in the Park. <laughs> it's amazing. And, uh, and in chest hair I don't on know my how chest. You can do pointillism in chest hair, but a, you've a lot of tweezing, my friend. A lot of tweezing. Uh, okay, so that's that segment. <laughs> and now on to a much more popular segment: recommendations. Movies and I know that, the title of that painting is really like Sunday on the Grand Jot or whatever. Uh, yeah. Whatever. whatever the Grand Jot is. <laughs> uh, Sunday on Jabba the Hutt's Sail Barge by Surratt. <laughs> Everybody's inside. Nobody goes on the fucking roof deck. It's lovely it's out there, bro. It's really beautiful out in the hot Tatooine sun. Don't you yeah. want to see the herds of Bantha yeah. walking around? They're out yeah. there Beacon having fun. Get a, get a whiff of Sarlacc. The hot yeah. Tatooine sun. <laughs> But um, no, this is recommendations. Movies that we watched that we actually liked. <coughs> Stuart, what, what do you want to recommend? <clears throat> so uh, this, w- this Christmas, uh, my, w- my wife got me a membership <laughs> to... Christmas, believe in miracles again. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart's Tale, the movie. Now, so, last Christmas, you played with my heart. <laughs> the very next day. <laughs> this Christmas... My wife was kind enough to give me a membership to to Full Moon Streaming, which is the streaming service for Full Moon Productions, the production company that has brought you such great movies as Puppet Master, Retro Puppet Master, <laughs> Doll Man, Doll Man vs. Demonic Toys, <laughs> Puppet Master 2, <laughs> Subspecies 2, Subspecies 1, etc. Did you mention any of the Mammalian? Yes, Femalian 2 and Femalian 1. Trancers and Trancer Trancers, Cop. Trancer Cop, Trancers 2, <laughs> Femalian. <laughs> Femalian versus Trancer Cop. There's a couple other movies. Uh, I don't Puppet know. Puppet Master a li- is a Femalian. It, it's kind of a, like, you may have heard of it. It's called Castle Freak. Whoa. Head of the Family. 
Uh, I am a robot now for some reason. I've transcended the sad (laughs) human flesh. Johnny Depp is like, I'm going to turn all of humanity into perfect (laughs) beings. But first, let me catch up on Full Moon Entertainment's slate of titles. So I recently watched something on there that, uh, that hasn't been available for a long time. It's a short film, so it's kind of a cheat. But it's uh, Charles Band uh, directed a adaptation of The Evil Clergyman, starring Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. And it also has uh, <coughs> David Warner in it. And uh, it's a great adaptation, and it manages to be kind of creepy and kind of sad. Um, and it's just it's fun to see. Anytime to see more young Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton getting to act together. Mm-hmm. Um, and David Warner is is a big get for a full movie. Yeah, it's like, huge. He's great. Um, and it was it was part of a uh, like an anthology movie. I, I can't remember what it was called. You can look it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Stuart's uh, recommendation: you do the work. And I think the only way you can see it is by joining that streaming service. But it's I, th- I thought it was genuinely cool to get to watch. Um, I would like to recommend, um, and I may have recommended this before. I don't know. Castle free. <laughs> like I don't know. Look it up on the Flophouse recommends page. Maybe I forgot. <laughs> I don't care. Do some work for yeah. once in your life. <laughs> but uh, we watched a science fiction movie that I did not like that in, involved Killian Murphy. So I'm going to re- recommend a movie that I did like that's a sci-fi film with Killian Murphy. And that's uh, the movie Sunshine hmm. uh, that had him. Yeah, except for the end. It's awesome. Chris Evans was in it. Now, here I'm also going to, like, I wanted to address this. A lot of people feel like, Oh, this movie is great, except for the end. Well, first off, it's a Danny Boyle movie. It's first about off, it's about a world where the sun is dying, and so there's a, a mission. This is actually the second mission to attempt to try and go up and kickstart the sun by by uh, collecting twenty thousand dollars in donations. <laughs> but if they don't make that money, they don't get to keep the stuff right. that they no. the sun loses it all. Now fifty. I want to see more of Veronica Mars, Elliot. <laughs> No, but we really need the sun. It's the source of all life. But, all heat, all warmth and I don't light. have as much nostalgia for the sun. Okay. I mean, you should. Now, for $50, you get a signed oh, photo of the sun. Okay. For $20,000, you just fill the whole thing. You get an executive Bruce credit on the sun. Oh, wow. That's not bad. Yeah. No. For $10,000, no. the sun will critique your light-producing no. effects. <laughs> okay, so I can get some skills no. out of the deal. Exactly. <laughs> So, Sunshine? No, they're going up there to blast a huge nuclear <laughs> payload into the sun. And they've got, like, a big, like, sun shield. So, like, the closer they get to so the sun. So you don't get any splash damage? Any, well, they don't get, like, burnt up by the huge yeah. sun rays. All crispy, yeah. <laughs> and everything. But, uh, I think somebody gets crispy in this movie, though. Oh, they're super. Super crispy. <laughs> super crispy. Extra crispy. But a lot of people, they're, uh, I <laughs> feel like. crispy at all. <laughs> I feel like the conventional wisdom on this it's movie. It's really burnt. The conventional wisdom on this movie is what Stuart said that people love I think the, fir- the final third the first two third and they don't like the last third. I actually also like the last third. The, like people complain that the last third turns into a slasher movie. What I like about That's not it, my problem. <laughs> what I like about it is it turns into a slasher movie that is super trippy. That the movie talks about, like you know, as they approach the sun. There's this like sort of like time distortion, like this. There's this effect of like, uh, you know, like the gravity of doing this thing is is just warps reality. And I like how the movie also mirrors that. Like it get like the movie gets very trippy towards the end as you know they're running around trying to avoid this 
mysterious killer who comes in in the last third. And it's I like Jason. it. I like it all through the whole thing. Yeah, it's Jason X. <laughs> I, I guess I just think that the the it rather than being like trippy and interesting, it just makes it hard for me to watch. It gets very visually interesting and also visually hurts your eyes. But you guys can watch it at home and tell us what. You but think. I like all the hurts your eyes stuff. So yeah, it's up to you. It's up to you. We're not going to sure. make the decisions for you, Flop Nation. No, Choose you your live. own adventure, yeah. humans. <laughs> use the key life. on the door. Are you going to use the key? Right in and tell us. I'm sorry. The key did not work. You have five keys left. <laughs> do you use the next key or skip to the key after that? <laughs> or do you want to pay $5 to get the right key right away? <laughs> Send that money to Micro, Wellington. Microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> Make a micro loan. <laughs> uh, is it my turn? Yeah, sure. I'd like to recommend a different kind of movie. Uh, I'm going to recommend an old movie. A pornographic <laughs> film. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a porno film. It's a, it's a movie I made with my brother and <laughs> some animals. Anyway, it's found. called Nubile Teens Volume 3. Uh, so the, I'm going to recommend a movie from 1947 called The Woman on the Beach, which is one of the few English-language American movies that Jean Renoir made. Uh, uh, is it Jean, no, Jean Renoir? I don't remember. Anyway. Who the, who, who the fuck cares? I mean. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a movie that stars Robert Ryan and Joan Bennett and Charles Bickford, who's one of these actors who people don't really remember but was nominated for multiple Academy Awards uh, in his heyday. Uh, where Robert Ryan is a... The days when he made hay. <laughs> yeah. it's a national, that's why on Hay Day every year, we celebrate Charles Bickford by eating hay with dumb horses. <laughs> uh, but it's about Robert Ryan is a guy who's in the Navy, uh, who's stationed in this one in the, on this beach area, and he has a perfectly lovely fiancé. It's a totally Betty and Veronica situation because he begins to become almost obsessively paranoid in love with this woman played by Joan Bennett that he meets on the beach one day. And she is married to a man who was once a great painter but has gone blind. And they're in a very toxic, codependent, torturing each other relationship. Uh, And their relationship is drawn in a pretty complicated way, especially for a 40s movie, in that they definitely hurt each other openly but kind of feed off each other. They have an understanding with each other about how painful they're going to be to each other. It's a, but they, they're both trying to pull away from each other while they can't, and Robert Ryan becomes kind of trapped in the, in the wake of this toxic relationship. Is that what a Betty and Veronica relationship is like? No, Betty and Veronica relationship is because there's a really nice down-to-earth blonde woman who wants to marry him, but he's stuck on this weirdo uh, dark-haired girl that uh, was not very nice. Veronica is clearly the hotter. Exactly, one. dude. They have the same the, face and you, body with different you hair. Settle for be, uh, you settle for Veronica. Wait, Veronica. wait, which one's the dark hair? <laughs> wait, which Veronica one? Veronica is the hot one. Which one is Moose dating? Veronica the, money. The only thing that makes she's her different is the she's lady. loaded in dough. But then you got to spend all your holidays with fucking Mr. Lodge. Come mm. on, and his little mustache. She's got that She's got that dark hair with the bangs. Roger Lodge? <laughs> big brown eyes. Anyway, Robert Ryan becomes obsessed with the idea that Charles Bickford is faking his blindness and wants to try to disprove it. And it's a movie that was tampered with a lot by the studio, and so it's not its not totally satisfying. It's not a great movie, but it's a really interesting, good movie. And there's a, scene, there's a dream sequence at the beginning that is so, like, 
where, where Robert Ryan has a nightmare where he's in a ship that explodes and he's sinking it's too to close the bottom. To the sun. Yeah, is no, it's a sea ship, oh. and, a, <laughs> and there's a woman at the bottom of the ocean that is reaching for him, and it's so kind of primitively done, special effects wise, that there's something beautiful about it. Like it's almost like a Guy Madden type of thing in that scene, except not ironically or like reaching back to some past style. Like that's just the way they were doing it. So it's it's a curious little movie that has a lot to recommend it. And it's interesting to watch, and it's like 70 minutes long. Like it's not – doesn't take a lot of time. So The Woman on the Beach, I'd recommend it. Uh, well, guys. Nailed it. Out of the park. Yeah, we've come Into to some other park. <laughs> Can you go over to the fence <laughs> yeah, in that the park, to get, our, park. <laughs> to get it? Yep, into the sand lot. No, it's the sun. <laughs> uh, well, I guess the only thing Wait, if we left. get it into the sand lot, are we – the big dog that baseball. <laughs> yep, and we're like, hey kids. Are we like uh, James Earl Jones? He was the guy, right? Yeah, he was what? the guy. Yeah, the in the, the Sandlot. Cr- yeah, really? He, he owned that big dog. Old guy. I thought he was the guy who made the Field of Dreams. He's both guys. He's all over baseball. James What's Earl Jones on? has a rich legacy with baseball. In those He's two movies, Mr. Baseball. Well, of their, no, that's no, Tom, Tom Selleck was Mr. Baseball. Was he in a Wait. field of their own? Is he, <laughs> a field of their own. It's not. That's where, a movie about a that's Potter's where, Field. That's not Mr. Three Thousand. That's Bernie Mac. No, that's Bernie Mac. That's where you pick a Lori Petty off the off the vine, fresh off the tree. Mm, don't let that Gina Davis with those giant teeth eat it. <laughs> He's not Mr. Payback because that was that weird robot dude. I don't know what's happening. That's I've lost Chappy. control. <laughs> Chappy, yeah, Chappy Payback. Um, well, I don't the, know if Chappy's going to get paid back. The ad campaign's been really expensive. Or <laughs> <laughs> the flop house. Chappy, the story of a chapstick that decides to take the law into its own hands. I've been Dan McCoy. <laughs> Oh, I guess I've been Stuart Wellington then. Why not? And I know I'm Elliot Kalen. I just know it and I can prove it. I can prove it. I'm him. I'm him. The man in there is an imposter. Good night. Chappy. (laughs) Rated R. Letters. We get letters. We get lots and lots of letters. Letter time. Let's read some letters and talk about them. Get in touch with the fans. What do they think? Let's read some letters tonight. Tonight's the night for letters. <laughs> Let's get some letters and read them. Okay. Read them and weep with laughter. Letters. <laughs> Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Ross. Hi, Carrie. What do you think is creepier? Okay. You jump into a swimming pool. All of a sudden, the water goes away, and instead of water, there is the bones of your dead ancestors or Mm -hmm. our show. That's pretty tough because we've visited a live exorcism. We joined the Ordo Templi Orientis where we had to worship a naked lady. Oh, and we joined that Tony Alamo cult. They were scary. Super creepy. We joined the Ethereum Society. We tried penis enlargement, or at least I did. Oh boy, I tried breast enlargement. We have basically done every creepy, weird, fringe thing except for thousands more, which we will get to if you listen to our show. I'd still say the swimming pool my ancestors' bones. Well, then I don't even know if people should listen. I guess they shouldn't. But if you want to, we're at Maximum Fun, and the show's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie.